John chapter number 4, verses 1 through 15. In your Bibles, the title of the message tonight is Soul Winning with Jesus. Soul Winning with Jesus. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank himself, drank thereof himself, and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come thither, or hither rather, to drink, or to draw rather. Here's we see a passage of, in the scriptures where Jesus is on a soul winning journey, seeking to win somebody who needs the gospel. And And it's been said and truly said, you can't give the gospel to the wrong person. You cannot give the gospel to the wrong individual because every single individual needs the gospel message. God's intention for our lives, for every born-again Christian, every born-again believer in Christ, God's intention is that we continually be conformed into His image. We would say amen to that. We continually be conformed into His image. And in this story that we see tonight, we see a clear part of the image of God, a clear element of the life of Christ that Jesus is seeking to develop into the lives of his disciples. Not only is he seeking to develop this aspect of his own life into the life of the disciples, but he's also seeking to develop that same element in our lives. That element is soul winning. That element is winning others, seeking to win others to Christ. It could be said that we are most Christ-like when we're seeking to win others to Christ. Most Christ-like when we're seeking to win others to the Lord. One One of God's definite goals for our lives is that we become vehicles for sharing the gospel. 
That's what God wants from us. That's what He desires to build into us. We become literally those conduits by which people hear the gospel and that we become that vehicle not just on a one-time basis but on an everyday way of life basis. That is being conformed into the image of Christ. We oftentimes think of being conformed with our actions. But here we're being conformed with soul winning. Because Christ was a soul winner, he wants to build that into us. I believe most Christians, I believe most Christians have a desire to see people saved. Would you say that with me, amen? You have a desire to see people saved. To see others come to Christ. We want to see others believe Christ and be saved. It literally is exciting when people are getting saved, isn't it? Boy, it's, there's just nothing like it. When people walk the aisle, you hear people making professions of faith when they're baptized. That just energizes and encourages each and every one of us. So we all want to see people saved, but sometimes we have a difficulty in being the ones that lead people to salvation. We like to see people saved, but maybe it's someone else doing the leading. As long as it's not really dependent upon me. And, and I say there may be many reasons for that. Uh, the question, I guess, is how often are we involved in seeking to win other people to Christ? Uh, two of the biggest reasons maybe we don't do this is one is fear. You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but never been some fear in giving a gospel track. Uh, maybe there's fear uh, of talking to strangers, somebody you don't know. Well, they don't speak to me, I won't speak to them, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe it's the fear of ridicule. Well, if I speak to my friends, they'll think I'm a little crazy. Maybe there's the fear of rejection. Rejection. Uh, maybe there's the fear simply of not knowing what to say. Does that ever run across your mind? I, what do I say? How, how do I begin a conversation? Where do I go with this? What if it doesn't work? Maybe there's a the fear of just, maybe, well, it just it doesn't work here. It didn't work there. I tried it a few times. Uh, didn't see any results, it seems. So uh, just the fear of just going forward to that. Maybe another thing that keeps us from being soul winners is not just the fear but ignorance, again, of how to start a soul-winning conversation. How do we begin that soul-winning conversation? Um, how we share the gospel. Do I, would I give the gospel clearly? Could I mess the gospel up? What if I mess it up? What if I don't get the, the Romans road in the right order? What if I don't say it exactly like it needs to be said? Some of those things, maybe these things keep us from being soul winners or seeking to win others. Uh, all of these maybe you might be, could be understandable, but really they're not excusable. Because the Bible is clear on what the gospel is. Um, as with any realm of understanding and growing and learning... Whatever we need to know about soul winning, we find in our Bibles. If I want to learn to be a diesel mechanic, by the way, I don't want to. But if I wanted to, I would go to Brother Mike Gaskins and I'd say, give me all your 
diesel Clinton uh, mechanic Bibles on dieseling. And let me read all that I can about it because I can learn something about it. If I wanted to be a brain surgeon, couldn't do all that. But whatever it is, if you want to learn something bad enough, you know what? You're going to find a way to learn it, right? I want to be the best hunter. I want to be the best fisher. Well, how about let's be soul winners. If we want to learn, then we can learn that because we've been told what the gospel is. It's in the Bible. We get our message for our soul winning from the word of God. When it comes to overcoming fear, the ability to overcome fear, that is also provided. The Holy Spirit who indwells within you will enable you. How in the world would I know what to say? Well, get into the Word of God and learn. What about the fear factor that's involved? The Holy Spirit will enable you. He will give you the ability to overcome that fear. God will work in your life. The Holy Spirit that indwells within you. Uh, He'll work through you. And the fear may be there. But the matter of simply obedience, believing and trusting God. You, when you take what you know to be real in your life, if you're a born-again believer, when you take what you know to be real in your life, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, how did you get saved? Belief in the gospel, trusting in Jesus Christ. When you take what you know to be real, the gospel... And you yield yourself to put that gospel message to use. That's by faith. You take the gospel that you know to be true. And you take it and you plan to give it to someone else in faith. Believing God again. Then when you do that. God works mightily in and through the vessel that's prepared and yielded to do the work. God works. If we will prepare ourselves and then yield ourselves, God works powerfully and mightily through that yielded vessel. We just need to apply ourselves to overcoming what we don't know or think we don't know. We must learn to trust God in faith and trust Him through our fears and expect the power of God to be available and and sufficient as we allow ourselves to be the instruments to be used in the hands of God. You go soul winning and say, you know what, I'm just going to trust God here. I'm going to believe God and, and God's given me a message. And yeah, there may be some fear and a little bit uh, of, uh, of uh, intrepid, intrepidation here. And not sure what will, to expect. And would I say it right? Trust God in this matter. Just yield yourself and take what you know and say, God, use me. The fact of the matter is, some of our fears really may come true. They may come true in some areas. If you faithfully seek to win others to Christ, chances are there will be those who will reject you. Chances are there may be some who ridicule you. Perhaps these are some of your closest family and friends closest family and friends but trust God it's the power of God the gospel is the power of God and his salvation we keep on moving forward trusting the Lord 
Some of these things may happen. But we don't stop. We continue to carry on. It's likely that at some point we might be asked a question that we don't have the answer to. Somebody may ask a question. You're not sure of the answer. Well, it happens to me all the time. Well, I'm not sure about that. It's okay to say that. Be sure about the gospel. Be sure about how to get to heaven. Be sure about that. Well, this is what the Bible says. Somebody may come up with a question. You say, you know what? I'm not sure I know that question, know the answer to that. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to find in the Bible the answer to that question. But get it back on the gospel. Get it back on the gospel. And the devil will use these kinds of things as you're presenting the gospel to throw you off track. And keep coming back. Keep coming back to the gospel. It is the power of God in the salvation. Let's not forget. The bottom line is that every Christian, every single one of us who claim to be Christians must be obedient to seeking and seeking to win others to Christ. Why? Because Christ did it. Why? Because Christ wants us to be Christ-like, be conformed into His image. John chapter 4 in this passage, I think, contains one of the longest of all the soul-winning encounters that Jesus had as He walked on planet Earth, that at least we have recorded. And several things, I want us to note several things from this soul-winning, from the soul-winning ministry of Jesus that possibly will help us be effective soul-winners as well. If our goal is to be like Christ, then there's no better place to begin in learning how to share our faith to others. And the way we can do that is to see exactly what Jesus did. Learn from the Master. Notice in our text a couple things. There is a soul-winning purpose. There's a soul-winning purpose. If we go back to verse number 4 of John 4, and he, being Jesus, must needs go through Samaria. A soul-winning purpose. I must needs go. The purpose. It's an imperative A divine imperative. There's a must here. In the heart of Jesus, it was necessary for him to pass through Samaria on his return from Galilee. He had to go this direction. It was a divine appointment. We see in verses 5 and 6. It was a divine place where God had a divine appointment, an encounter. Uh, He was to go there for the Jew to pass through Samaria was unheard of. It was not a place that any uh, Jew would have gone through. Uh, These these people, these Samaritans were half-breeds. They would not have been seen favorably by the Jews. They were half-Jew, half-Gentile. Uh, had been part of the group and had been left over from the Assyrian captivity. And so they had mingled, uh, married, intermarried there. And, and so they would have been seen as half-breeds. You just didn't go through that part of town. But Jesus said, I must go here. And everything was against this particular lady. She was a Samaritan. We mentioned that. It was a woman. For a Jewish, Jewish custom was that it would forbid a man of God, a, a Pharisee or a, a, a Orthodox Jew who would have, at least in their idea of Orthodox, would have been 
Uh, it had been wrong for them to spend some time speaking publicly to a woman, much less a Samaritan woman. And here Jesus, he goes there, her reputation. Certainly the townspeople would have known of her reputation, as we see later in the story. Uh, it didn't want a very good reputation. If everybody had known her and seen what, knew what they knew about this lady, then you just wouldn't spend some time there. You know, uh, you don't know what kind of rumors might get started after all. So she had a lot against her. But Jesus had a purpose, I must needs go. Jesus sees people, and he sees them. Certainly he knows the sin. But he sees them with regards to their eternal destiny. He sees them as a soul that needs him. He sees them as a soul that if they do not trust Jesus Christ, they're going to die and go to hell. You know, sometimes we evaluate people by the way they look, don't we? We evaluate people by this or by that, by an outward appearance, maybe by a race or something like that. We, had, we evaluate them on the outward appearance rather than on the soul. So there's a purpose here. The purpose was, I must needs go. When Jesus encounters people, he reaches out to them where they are. Sometimes we think that we need to clean people up before they can get saved. We got to be the ones that clean them up. Well, all we need to do is give them the gospel and God does the cleaning. It's not up to us. Not up to us. Uh, boy, if they'd just quit this, if they'd just quit that, if they'd, if they'd do this, if they would dress this way or get rid of that or stop this or whatever, amen to that. But let's let the Holy Spirit be the one that does that cleaning. God says, you give them the gospel, you reach them where they are, and let God do the work. Let God do the work. I must needs go. In order for us to be soul winners, we have to go. We have to make an effort at it, in other words. We have to make an effort. There's a soul-winning purpose. I must needs go. There's a soul-winning plan. There's a soul-winning plan. Verses 6 through 9. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. There must be a soul-winning plan. Here Jesus, he is coming through this place of Sychar, and he finds this well, and he's sitting there, and a woman approaches And Jesus asks for a drink of water. In other words, a soul-winning plan. He finds some common ground. He finds some. How in the world am I going to win some talk to somebody about Jesus? He finds some common ground. What was the common ground here? They were thirsty. They were thirsty. You ever just said, boy, that water sure tastes good. Boy, that's just a good drink, just a good cold drink of water. Find common ground to share the gospel that opens the door. You know, you can go to somebody's house and find a common ground. And, and boy, that sure is a good-looking Chevrolet 
bread pickup truck sitting in your driveway. Man, where did you get those wheels? How do you keep your grass so green? Man, this is a beautiful home. Find some common ground to begin a conversation. Oh, it's easy. Once you begin working at it. Once you begin working at it. Find some way just to begin a common bond. And and bring that bond and open up that door. Jesus looked for common ground that allowed him to establish a connection with someone that would eventually open up the door to give the gospel. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Just begin a conversation. Begin a conversation. Be, uh, the plan of engagement. Have a plan of engagement. Ask God to help you see those areas of common ground that will open up the door of opportunity for sharing the gospel with others. If there are our neighbors, then we have common ground because we live next door. We live in the same neighborhood. We have the same thoughts about the neighborhood. If you are a mother, you got some common ground because of the babies that God's put into your life. Because of the children. Fathers, same way. Uh, There are common grounds. Find that. Common ground is anything that connects us to the one who we are desiring to reach. Could be an occupation. Could be hobbies. It could be even sicknesses. Trials. Could be any of those things. Open up a door. Find that common ground. We must make a deliberate attempt to share the gospel with others. We have to make a deliberate attempt to do so. Have a plan to share the gospel. Begin with a plan of engagement. Boy, I'd like to have a drink of water. Jesus says, would you give me to drink? Plan of engagement. Plan of not only engagement, you begin the conversation, but a plan of turning the conversation to spiritual matters. See, once you begin that conversation, then you ask God to open up the door and plan to turn the conversation to spiritual matters. Look at verses 10 through 15. Jesus answered and said, If thou knewest the gift... And who it is that saith thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, the well is deep, and and from whence then hast thou that living water. Jesus begins to turn the conversation to spiritual matters. He says in verses 19, The woman saith to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. So he's turned the encounter into now a gospel opportunity. He's changed and directed the conversation into spiritual matters. The woman sees it. She's now dialoguing with him on it. And so as he turns it to spiritual matters, there was a plan of engagement. There was a plan of turning the conversation. And there's a plan of seeing the need. Once that conversation begins to go that direction, there's a plan of seeing the need. Verses 16 and 18. Helping that woman see her need. Jesus 
saith unto her, 16, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, whom thou uh, now hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. So he began to show her her need. Help people see that they're sinners. That's what we went through on Sunday. Help them see their need. And not only show them that we're all sinners, for all have come short of the glory of God. But here Christ, he engages in conversation. He turns the conversation to spiritual matters. He helps her understand her need. And then he doesn't leave her there, but he points her to the answer. Verse number 26. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. The woman had said in verse 25, I know that Messiah cometh, Messiah is going to come, which is called the Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus says, I'm the one. I'm him. I'm the Messiah. Point people to the answer. Point people to the way out of the need to find help in the need. There's a soul winning purpose. I must needs go. There's a soul winning plan. There's a soul winning partnership, verses 35 through 38, and we're done here. Soul winning partnership. Say not ye, there are four, yet four months. The disciples have come back, and they're seeing Jesus dialoguing with this woman. The woman has now gone away, and his disciples said to one another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Verse 34, and he said to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months. And then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already into harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. And he goes on to deal with that. A soul witnessing partnership. Although God wants each of us to be personally involved in soul winning, he wants us to view soul winning as something we do in partnership with others. What do you mean by that? Each witness we give, each opportunity we give a, have to give a track out or share the gospel with a stranger, it's part of a larger work that God is doing in the lives of others. You see, by us saying, no, I won't do that, then it could be that God's working in that heart, and now we become the hindrance rather than the help. You see, God is working, and when we go out and we are so winning and we're seeking to share the gospel, we got to be understanding that God is working. It's a partnership. It's a partnership with Christ. Matthew 28 and 20, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. It's a partnership with Christ. What a privilege to partner with Christ to win others to him. It's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. John 16 and 8, when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will come, he will reprove the world of sin and of judgment and righteousness to come. The Holy Spirit is working. Don't doubt it. A partnership with Christ, a partnership with the Holy Spirit that's indwelling within us. It's a partnership with the Father. John 6 and 44, No man cometh to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. 
we got to believe that God is drawing, that God's preparing, the Holy Spirit's working, not only in that individual, bringing about the circumstances so that they are prepared to hear the gospel. A partnership with Christ, a partnership with the Holy Spirit, a partnership with God the Father, and a partnership with other Christians. The local church, a partnership with other Christians. Lift up your eyes. He goes on to say, some are sowing and some are reaping. There are folks that are actually sowing. We're going to go tomorrow evening and we'll have the opportunity to find some soil, some souls that have already been sowed upon. And then we might have the opportunity to reap. We might find someone that maybe has never heard the gospel, but we get to sow a gospel seed. Some are sowing and some are reaping. We are partnership with other Christians. We don't know what's happened before that. But he says out of verse number number 36, Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Some are sowing or some are reaping, but praise God, all get to rejoice. Because all had a hand in it. There's partnership with other Christians. This woman, it's amazing. This woman, she came to realize who Jesus was. She came to know Christ, the Messiah. And what did she do? We see an immediate partnership. She goes back into the city. Everybody, come see this Christ. The one that's told me all about myself. but One that's real, revealed himself to me. She has entered into partnership. She's now going out and doing what God has called, us, called her to do and us to do. There's the partnership of prayer. We don't know how many people have been praying for someone. Praying for someone for decades to be saved. And God lets us come along just at the right time. Give them the gospel. There's the partnership of giving. Boy, I can't think of a of a greater opportunity than to give to get the gospel around the world. Fruit to your account. The partnership of giving. Then there's the partnership, and certainly we need the partnership of praying and of giving, but there must be the partnership of going. Of going. If we fail to do that, then we lose out on so much. God has sent us to reap, to sow, What a wonderful thought that is. We become sowers. We become reapers. God wants us to be personal soul winners. Establish a soul winning purpose for your life. Why am I left here to win others to Christ? Soul winning purpose. Establish a soul winning plan. Work on it. Work on it. Engage in soul-winning partnership with others. I believe God will use that. I believe God will use His gospel to win others to Himself.